630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 630 Chad. David won the faceoff. Nugent Hopkins back to the point. Receives a pass from Clefbaum. Right circle. McDavid loads. Back door. Nugent Hopkins shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with his second power play goal of the road trip, and Edmonton takes its first lead of the night. And they would hold on to that lead and win again. The Oilers now 9-3-1 on the season. The decision today in Detroit... 2-1 2-1 over the Wings. Nugent Hopkins on the power play at 19:40 of the second period. Tyler Pitlick had a first period goal for Edmonton. Justin Ablocator had the only goal for Detroit. Thanks for joining us. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It is 5:59 overtime open line presented by the Canadian Brew House. We are in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. The Oilers. 5-1-1 one, one on the road this season, and with a game to go on their five-game road trip, they are 2-1-1, one, one, which means regardless of what happens Tuesday in Pittsburgh, they will be 500 at least on this road trip. Rob, I think I want to start by getting your comment on the third period. I mean, they hold the wings to four shots. Certainly it can get a little hairy when the other team pulls the goalie. That's expected, but... I mean, a completely composed and responsible third period by the Oilers. It, it was, and it was by everybody on the Oilers team. They they didn't have to tax anybody by putting them out every second shift. We saw, I know that la, the game in, was it Toronto or the Islanders? Where was it? Where they, New York Rangers. Rangers, yeah. Where all of a sudden Benning was out on the ice and people were calling him, why is he on the ice, that type of the game. Tonight, down the stretch, everybody played down the stretch. The Nurse and Griba pairing was out there. Sakura and Benning, and then obviously their number one pairing, Clefbaum and Larson. They're all they're all learning how to play under fire. And every time they do it, they get a little more confidence for the next time. Uh, it was a clinic. The the Detroit Red Wings would would pressure. They throw the puck in. The Oilers get the puck very workmanlike, get it off the boards and out. And if there was a mistake, and there's bound to be mistakes when you're under that kind of pressure, there was someone there to back them up. It wasn't as though Gustafson had to make five, six, seven, eight big saves in the third period. There's only four shots on net. So a wonderful job by the Oilers in the third period. Uh, they it got away from a little bit in the second, but they they did something that they needed to do, and that is capitalize on a power play, and a power play that which was much maligned. Now has got four or five goals. What on this power on this road trip? It's starting to produce and win hockey games for them. So uh, everything right now is clicking for them. The Oilers are four for nine on the power play over the last three games. The assist tonight, by the way, Lucic, Drysital, McDavid, and Clefbaum all getting on the score sheet. Jonas Gustafsson first start. As an Oiler, he had only played 10 minutes this season. He makes 22 saves. The only goal he allowed against came on a Wings power play. And for me, Rob, i got to give Gustafson the fourth star of the game, and that's presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. You can check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, and He's a good pick because everything was stacked against him. Yeah, he was backstopping a tired hockey club that's playing back-to-back games, missing their best shot-blocking defenseman in Russell, missing two forwards up front. Uh, and he came in and played very well. He, he didn't have to be great, 
but he did make one spectacularly great save in the first period. And I believe it was one nothing at the time when yep. he came flying across, and it was a sure goal, wide open net for Steve Ott. He makes that save. It's two nothing. All of a sudden, your legs get a little more tired playing back to back games. He makes a save, allows the Oilers to come back, tie it up, and, and they were off and running. So I thought Gustafson was excellent in his first real game of the season. The three stars were uh, Darren Helm, third star from Detroit, Tyler Pitlick, the second star, Ryan Nugent Hopkins named the first star. We want to hear from you tonight, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. If you like getting your name put in big grand prize draws, give us a call, 780-496-0063. So the Oilers, uh, like I said, 2-1-1 one, and one on the road trip. And, and to me, significant about this weekend, they come in three games without a win. They only had the single point for the overtime loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they're going into New York where they hadn't won since 1999. Going into Detroit, they hadn't won since 2009. But it was actually a, more games than the winless streak in, against the Islanders because they play Detroit more often because they used to be in the same conference. So, I, I mean, two two places where, you, you, where they, they hadn't played well. Uh, they allow the first goal, the first two goals in, in the case against the New York Islanders. And they're still able to, to pull it out with, uh, I mean... It, two more injuries. One guy called up straight from the farm. I mean, Taylor Beck didn't play a lot, but he, but he wasn't a liability. I, I, I mean, we, we, maybe this is going to be the theme of this year. I don't know if you want to call it an attitude shift or a change in preparation or just a change in um, team cohesion, but but clearly there's, there's something different than what we've seen in the past years. Well, we've seen in the past when the others start to slip, it, it becomes a slide. And they... they play not bad they 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 but they lose a game or two they get the one point in overtime and all of a sudden it looks going into this weekend you're thinking oh this is going to be an ugly road trip and they go back from this road trip play tough games and all of a sudden a, a, a three-game slide turns into an eight-game slide and they're out of the playoff race again but their belief is different this year and a lot of it is because there's there's players here that haven't been around for the entire, uh, you know, these eight, nine, ten years of, of futility. They got guys that have come from winning organizations. They have guys that, I mean, Maroon, I thought, was the first that really called out the Oilers of the past when he came here last year. He said, no, this is unacceptable. We don't do the little things right. And then Lucic echoed those things this summer when he said that we were the Oilers were always a soft team to play against. So when guys outside the organization call you out and they're now your teammates, well, you got two different decisions. You, you just go the same, same old and hope that it changes on its own or you make a change in the dressing room. And they've done that. And there is a huge belief and they know that they can compete against the best in the league and they're showing it on the ice. Well, and you know what? They, they've played 14 games this, uh, this season. Oh, pardon me. Well, i got to do my math here. 13 games, 9-3-1. and one. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they played 13 games this season. They, they lost one badly. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a couple wins by two or three goals, but they never really blew anyone out. There were some games they controlled, but so most of their games have been have been close, or, or where they've had to finish them. And I've you know I, I talk a lot about the details, and I, I've really noticed over these this season really. And Tom, remember Tom McClellan used that great line last year, play inside the other guy's equipment. You see Oilers players, you know, racing with an opponent to get the puck in the corner. And you see the Oilers player, the first guy, dipping his shoulder down, making sure he's coming up underneath. He's going to get there first. And, I mean, and you mentioned guys coming in from organizations and creating accountability. I mean, that's contagious. If, if you're on the ice and you've, you know, for a 40-second shift, 
and all your your four teammates have been in puck battles and at the very least tied them by getting into the right position you don't want to be the one guy that loses the puck battle mm-hmm. right so it it create i think it creates a little bit of momentum in it and it creates that feeling where, where i don't want to be the one guy that spoils this shift well with, with there and you talk about accountability you're getting accountability within the dressing room it's one thing to be held accountable or supposedly held accountable by your coaching staff but when you have to look at a guy across the room from you who's stand, he's looking at you and say, okay hey that wasn't good enough I mean, we need better than you, whether it be practice, whether it be in the game, what would what, what call you. It, 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 now it's much tougher to cheat. And the one thing that I've noticed a lot this year that the O's are much better at, back pressure. It used to be you're coming back into your own zone. The other team's got a, uh, a chance, whether it be a two-on-two, three-on-two or whatever. The O's in the past would cheat a little bit. Hope that the defenseman could bounce it off a stick so you're going the other way. And then you've got a break. But that's not the recipe for success. Today, and there's a lot of great examples, but there's one, Nugent Hopkins, just chasing down from behind. I, I, if you're a, a player with the puck on your stick, and you're looking forward, and you're CD man, you're thinking, okay, I got, that's the guy i got to worry about. If all of a sudden you're getting chased from behind, you have to make quicker decisions. You've got to, 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 to get the puck. You got, everything's got to be done faster. Now you're fighting two guys, and the Oilers are much better at back pressure. It is hard to play when the Oilers are back pressuring like they are, they are right now. And one of the reasons that the Detroit Red Wings had nothing going in the third period is because the Oilers just won every battle, and they chased every puck down. And that's what you have to do to be successful. Got a text here from my golf coach, Taylor, and he really is my golf coach. Seriously? Te- yes, he seriously is. He did an excellent job, too, I, by the way. i got to see what your swing looks like before we give him too many accidents. Well, you know, you'd have to see what it looked like beforehand. All right, there you go. And, uh, that's, uh, but uh, Taylor says a big part of this win moving forward is that I think Gustafson got the Oilers a good win, probably gained some confidence. It's great to know that if he has to go in, he can step up and play a good, solid game. Well, yeah, I mean, Gustafson, for sure, you mentioned the one the one great save, but just, you know, and that's often we talk about as for a goaltender. Make, make the saves you have to, have to, right? Make the saves mm-hmm. you have to. If, if you can make a, a diving one where one of your defensemen get beat, like Gustafson did, that's fine. But for the most part, Talbot and tonight, Gustafson, just make the save you have to. Don't let in a goal where we're going to be questioning it on this show for half an hour after a game. No, goaltending has been excellent this year, and... Uh, we talked earlier how there was going to be pressure on Gustafson, Gustafson because of what the Oilers got injury-wise, back-to-back games, missing Russell. There's extra pressure on uh, on Jonas as well because he's playing for ice time. If he comes in and, and they lose the game 4-3 or 4-2 and he lets 3 or 4 in, all of a sudden the coaching staff is not as apt to put him in quick. Now they see him, he comes in, he plays great, they get a win. Now they, you know, Talbot, is Talbot tired? I'm not, you know what, Gustafson, he gave us a good shot, a good game last time out. Let's put him in again. So he's playing for ice time. So there's that extra added pressure on him. And now you know that if Talbot looks tired or or if you need to give him a rest so that he, he's fresh for the next one, you can feel confident putting your backup goalie in. So to have two goaltenders you have trust in is definitely a benefit for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, we got Chris on the line. Chris, uh, you ready to finish the play, buddy? Yes, sir. Okay, you can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Experience this finish the play clue. For Clefbaum, who skates the center and dumps it in behind the Detroit defense. Jordan Eberle breaks free. Center's one-timer. Uh, Everly centers one for a one-timer. Goal or no goal? No goal. 
for Clefbaum, who skates the center and dumps it in behind the Detroit defense. Jordan Eberle breaks free. Sanders one-timer and a save made by Patrick Maroon from point-blank range by Howard, and then Maroon whacked his own rebound wide. Patrick Maroon actually had a few. Chris, good job, by the way. You're in the grand prize drive. Patrick Maroon had a few few chances, a mm-hmm. uh, few chances today. That uh, I mean, look, we're not going to quibble too much about a win, but he he personally is probably thinking, okay, next game I'm going to bury them. Yeah, you know he did, and uh, I mean, in a game that there's only three goals scored, there's going to be a number of times where you're going to think, okay, both teams could have put another couple pucks in the net. You're going to get opportunities when you play on a, on your first line when you get power play time. Maroon did tonight. A couple good opportunities, and the best one wasn't the pass, any pass from McDavid. It was a wonderful pass from Jordan Eberle behind the net that we just listened to. Uh, y- you've got to put more than those in that you miss. He's going to get another crack at it on, on Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I thought he played well. The best line by far, though, by far in this game tonight, was Dreisaitl, Pitlick, and Lucic. Yeah, another energetic game from from Pitlick and he had a couple other scoring opportunities besides the goal as well. Oilers beat the Wings 2-1. They're 9-3-1 on the season. Nick texting into 630-630. He says uh, from listening to this game, the star seemed to be Adam Larson. It should be recognized how important it has been having him here this year. He's been a great source of stability. Larson uh, played 23-42 tonight, just a little bit less than his regular partner Oscar Clefbaum who played 24-13. And, I mean, you see Larson, you know, out there late. And, again, I thought, I mean, when Larson plays well, he, he negates rushes. He's is good at, like, he just kind of does that good squeeze-out play along the boards. You know, he's physical enough. He doesn't try to kill guys. He rubs guys out, and he can get the puck up well enough. And I mean, I think Shirelli's description back on the day the trade was made was, he's not a sexy player. He's proficient enough at moving the puck but we think he can make us spend less time in our own end well and you got to think the minutes he plays are are tough minutes i mean uh, detroit doesn't have the stars that a lot of the other teams have had that larson has played against but he goes against the other team's best players and when they step on the ice he does and that's a hard minute every time you're out there and you're going to see that again in in pittsburgh on tuesday they're going to try and get him out on the ice every time crosby steps on the ice and those are battles because crosby battles every single shift so uh yeah larson and cleft bump very good again tonight and a big reason that the Oilers got away with a victory 2-1 is the final we go a weekend however without the japanese village goal light the oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the oilers page on 630ched.com then you can go print up a free appetizer coupon for japanese Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Don't forget the downtown one right close to Rogers Place. We have James on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, James. Hello, Reed. How are you doing? Good. I'm really enjoying watching the Oilers play right now. This is very exciting. It kind of reminds me of the 1980s all over again. And to have a guy like Connor McDavid and Milan Lucic makes such a world of difference to this team over the last 10 years. And I just think it's uh, just like a miracle that it turned around so fast, (laughs) you know, (laughs) type thing. (laughs) So i just enjoying the ride while they're doing this because it's so exciting. I've been following the Oilers all my life, and... uh, it's really exciting to see this time coming back again. I just wanted your comment on that. Yeah, for sure, James. Thanks a lot for calling. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm always reluctant to compare anything that happens in this era of hockey to the, the 1980s, regardless of what of what team it involves. But I mean, I think I mean we're getting the sense, fan, Rob, that that fans are going into each game thinking like, okay. 
regardless of who the Oilers are playing, they're going to have a shot. And, and, I mean, like we've talked about ad nauseum, for most of the 10-year playoff drought, they didn't just miss the playoffs. They were steamrolled. Like, by this part of the season, you were already saying they're probably not going to get in, you know, 12, 13 games into the season. So, yeah, hey, 9-3-1 and one is great. Uh, and great they bounce back from a three-game winless kid with, with, with two wins. So, I mean, you hope that as they go along, they keep chipping away with points. Already in the division, I mean, they, they they got a nice they got a nice cushion. Depending on what happens with Anaheim and Calgary tonight, they'll either be five points or six points ahead of the second place team, depending on who wins. So, I mean, you just got to avoid if you ha- if you have a slump, like it can't go past two or three. That's that's what the good teams do. You're right, and I, I think the big point total. If you really want to look at playoff implications, you're not looking what they've got a difference between the first and second. You want to look at what they got the difference between the first and fourth. And that's where you want to continue to put a, uh, a point difference, and you want to be you want to gain on whoever's in that fourth spot because that's the one that guarantees you the playoff spot. So, I mean, this is a long ways away from playoffs, but every game other than a game against the Buffalo Sabers, I felt very very good about the way the Oilers have played. They they've they've been in the games. I mean, there's some that you might get outplayed a little bit, but you're competitive. And if you get good goaltending, the Oilers got enough guys on the on the team that they can put the puck in the net when they need to, that they can break a game open. It, I don't remember the last time we were 13 games in a row where the Oilers were competitive in 13 straight games. It hasn't happened in a decade. So this is a, a much different team. They knew from the outset when Peter Shirelli came that they had to make a lot of changes. And they not just changed uh, through skill. They changed through attitude. They changed through... Uh, confidence, they changed culture and thus far it's working. Now it's a long way away to go but uh, the early dividends are are, are very positive. And they they wouldn't have been able to survive this many injuries other no. years. Now they're still going to have to do it. This is not a great injury situation. Russell, Pliarvik, Cassian, all out of the lineup over the last couple of days because because of injuries. Uh, You know, Hendricks you know, you'd love to get him him back. He'll add a little more of the of, of an element to the team. Kevin in Edmonton texts in. He says, "Great fourth line. Just how good has our fourth line been comparative within the league?" I'm talking specifically about Latestu and Pitlick looking amazing on that fourth line. We'd I, we'd have to look up the stats, Kevin. We don't we don't have that available. But sure, Pitlick with four goals, Latestu with a couple plus the game deciding goal. And what's interesting was the fourth line was supposed to be. Latestu, Hendricks, and Cassian. Again, it never it never has been. So for a lot of the season, it was uh, uh, Latestu, Pitlick, and uh, Lander. So, but yeah, generally, who's ever been in that? Well, today it was totally blown up because Beck's up from the, the farm. But but yeah, generally, it, it's been a responsible fourth line with a little more offense than you would expect. Well, and if you go back and look at Peter Shirelli's teams in Boston, they uh, they had a fourth line together for years that was centered by Gregory Campbell, and they had Thornton on the wing. Camera was the other, on the other wing. Was it uh, Kelly? Might have been there, but he was it was there for a while. Yeah, yeah, but they had and they played important minutes and. You need depth players. The other team's going to throw their fourth line out every once in a while. And if your fourth line's better, well, now you just continue to gain momentum. And if you've got a fourth line that you also feel confident in that you can put out against anyone at any time, 
well, now all of a sudden you've got an advantage over most teams in the league. So, yeah, a fourth line becomes they're not going to play 15 minutes, but if you can get a solid 8, 9, 10 minutes out of your fourth line, you're ahead of the game, and thus far... Uh, the Oilers' depth players have been very, very good for them this season. All right, the Oilers beat the Wings 2-1. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from head coach Todd McClellan when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranich Team Broadcast Centre. Connor McDavid with an assist on Nugent Hopkins' game-winning goal tonight. Let's go back to Detroit. Here is Connor McDavid. Handled it all that clean, so I figured everyone would be kind of rushing over, and you know, he did a, a good job of, of finding that team. How tough is it to be patient with the puck in that situation? Pardon me? Is it tough to be patient with the puck? I mean, you, you held on to it for a second or two or three. Yeah, um, you know, I thought that was just the play that I saw. And, um, you know, fortunately it worked out if, you know, that pass gets picked off or knocked down. We're having a different debate on why I didn't shoot it. So, um, you know, I saw a play and, and lucky it worked out. Henry, you guys have a few injuries, back-to-back games, still come out with a win. What do you see from this team that's allowing it to kind of break through some of these things? I think, um, you know, timely goals. Um, that's a big goal to go in the third period. It kind of changes the whole aspect of the game, and um, that's a, a big one for us. And, and, you know, shutting it down. You know, we have a 2-1 lead in the third, and, you know, they had a few chances, but not not, uh, not too much. And, and anything that did, Gus played great for us back there. So um, I think that's uh, kind of the recipe for, you know, success here tonight. It just seems like you have so much patience on the ice. Okay, Connor McDavid in Detroit. The Oilers win 2-1. He did have an assist on the Oilers' power play winner by Nugent Hopkins late in the second period. As the caller referenced, a little quieter streak here for McDavid. He now has two points in his last five games. Text here to 630-630 from Scrub64, who says, Kudos to McClellan in this game. It's great to see the Oilers make the proper defensive adjustments to what the opposition is doing. Detroit was looking for that stretch pass all night. The Oilers made the adjustment, stepped up at their blue line, and shut down those passes for the latter half of the game. And Willem says, longtime Oilers fan, the difference for me this season is that for the first time in years, I don't change the channel if the Oilers are behind because uh, you never know, they might come back. They've been more exciting to watch. And uh, I just want to read one more here. Fireman says, textbook road win. Uh, saw the opposition off five on five and then win the specialty teams. Perfect. I thought Dreisaitl deserved second star. Also thought paired with Lucic, those two were unstoppable. Well, uh, Dreisaitl had a very strong game. Uh, a very, very strong game. He, 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 he uses his strength well. I think he has more options when he's using it with a Lucic because they play the same style of game and they were very good together but I also think you got to give some credit to Pitlick on that line as well I thought the the threesome were the best line that the Oilers threw out there tonight they used their strength they got pucks in deep and to me there's when I watch games there's certain players you always love watching and obviously you're drawn to Connor McDavid with the with the Oilers but I love watching Dreisaitl when the puck is on his stick because he can make passes that you wouldn't expect anyone to make especially on his backhand there was one tonight where he hit Lucic backdoor. It was a backhand backdoor pass that he put between three Detroit Red Wing players right on the stick of Milan Lucic, who was skating in full speed. It was a wonderful save by Howard, but those are the things that very few in the league can do. And I enjoy watching Dry Settle. When he's on top of his game, and he was tonight, he is a very effective hockey player. Oilers take it in Detroit 2 1. When we get back, you'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. 
This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perinich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Joined by Rob Brown, it's an Oilers victory, 2-1 in Detroit. Pitlick, a first-period goal that tied at 1-1. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, a second-period power play goal. That was it. The Oilers held Detroit to just four th- shots in the third. The Oilers are 4 for 9 on the power play in their last three games. Text from Morn to 630-630. He says, for the first time in like forever, I thought the third period went by very quick. Usually when the Oilers are up a goal, the clock usually slows down. Happy we won. Let's go Oilers. Well, there were a couple of long stretches in the third period without a whistle. And, I mean, usually that helps the team with the lead. Well, usually it's, if there is, it means the team's doing the right things because they're getting the pucks out. They're not icing it. There's not a lot of shots on net where the goalie has to cover it. Yeah, it's... If you're losing a game, the clock becomes your enemy. And tonight it did because every time they looked up, one, two, three, four minutes just kept rolling off because they couldn't get any sustained pressure and they couldn't stop the clock because they didn't get any sustained pressure or shots on net. It was uh, a clinic put on by the Oilers in the third in which they used everybody. And I think that's the key to this right now too. It's, it's They don't have to just throw out, they have seven or eight guys going in one period and they're going to just ride them. They, they played everyone, and everyone is capable of playing the right way, and that's good to see. Oilers take it 2-1 back to Detroit. Here's their head coach, Todd McClellan. Coming into this building, first set of back-to-backs, and getting a lead and just doing everything necessary to make sure you held it all the way through. Well, that you know tonight was a gratifying win for everybody in our organization because I thought it took the whole team. It wasn't uh, on one or two people's backs. It was everybody... Finding a way to contribute, following a game plan, um, sticking with it. And um, when we needed to manage the game fairly well because of circumstances, back-to-back, injuries, that type of stuff, uh, we did a good job of it. Happy for Gus uh, getting his first win. And uh, he made some real big saves for us when we needed them. And the rest of the group pulled on the rope. Is it hard to know what to expect from a goalie who's you know, only played 10 minutes in the regular season, only faced uh, one shot before this start? Um, it, it is and it isn't. Um, Gus is a mature goaltender. He's been in this role for, for many years. Um, he works hard in practice. The goaltending coach and, and other people work well with him. So he's ready to play and he's experienced it before. It's not like we have a, a young kid from junior that's coming up and, and getting nervous. He's, uh, he's been, been in it before and uh, he's played in this building before. So it was a good, good opportunity for him. Sorry, are the maybe the wins of the last two games more satisfying than when everybody's rolling and you're putting up seven goals to, to win when things are going against you and, the, and the, kind of the odds are down a little bit? Well, I'll tell you what, you don't overanalyze wins. You take them any way you can. Um, again, it's it's gratifying because it was a team team thing. And we checked our way to a win tonight. We were pretty good defensively. And um, I like those nights where everybody finds a way to uh, block a shot uh, take a hit, make a play. I thought this was uh, as close to that type of game as we've had for almost the whole year. When guys are nicked up, Todd, and you bring in guys from the minors or that haven't played in a bit, do you have to simplify the game plan going in, or is it just status quo? Well, we, we try and uh, maintain our, our game plan, and uh, these players are in our organization. They understand how we want to play, and uh, they adapt to circumstances as well. You look at, uh, at Beck, he, he flew all day. This is 3-3 three and three for him. Uh, but again, it wasn't a young kid coming into the league. He was experienced. He knew uh, how to play. He's played in this building before. And 
Um, he gave us a real good night. Kind of stepped up into a, a little more of an elevated role and seemed to, to handle it pretty well. He has. Uh, couldn't be happier with his play from day one on. Um, his speed, his tenacity, is willing to drive it to the net. Opens up a lot of space for the players that are playing around him or behind him. And, and um, you know, he's not afraid to throw pucks to the net. And obviously rewarded with a big goal tonight, so we're, we're happy for him. Did you have a time or a moment where you kind of looked around the building thinking it's, you know, for a guy who has history in this building, the last regular season game anyways uh, for you and the Oilers? Actually, it's a good question. I did during the anthem. It was interesting because I've heard Karen Newman sing that anthem so many times and, you know, just standing on both benches. We've played so many games here over the years uh, with San Jose and, and of course, with Edmonton. Uh, So it was a little reminiscing during the anthem and we'll miss this whole building, but... um, just like in Edmonton, they're going to a new beautiful one, and uh, the fans will appreciate it when they get over there. What's your favorite moment here? Um, the day after we won the cup, we came and took a picture with it, probably. But uh, you know, the, the players, the, the the coaches, the management, um, the years that I were was here, and and for many decades now, this has been Harvard of hockey. You come here, and there's so many. Uh, great people around the organization and I sense that in Edmonton as well which is a real good sign for us the Hall of Fame players that are around now and and uh, sharing their experiences with the players goes a long way and um, not every organization's uh, fortunate to have that uh, the two teams that play tonight do all right, there's head coach Todd McClellan as the Oilers beat the Detroit Red Wings 2-1. I, I think Taylor Beck has to be the focus of our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I, I mean, he, he travels in, gets here in time for the game, plays 8:04. not a bunch, but, uh, you know, responsible minutes. Leading score of the Bakersfield Condors. And, and I thought Todd made a good point. You're not calling up a guy... Uh, in his, into his first NHL game and saying, okay, go out there and do what everybody else is doing. I mean, he's played 87 games. He's in, he's in his mid-20s. Mid he was drafted in 09. So at least, you know, he has the sense of like, okay, I know on the Condors I got to score. I know here I, I got to do some different things. He wasn't overwhelmed. And I think that's huge when you put someone into the lineup, especially when you're a tired lineup with a couple of guys out. You don't want to have the fear of putting an overwhelmed kid out on the ice in, in situations where he could get hurt and the team could get hurt. So he, he went out and uh, he, he was he pl- played simple, got pucks in deep, and having the experience of play before, he understands what his role is. I mean, you, you, you look at the beginning of the, the game or before the game starts in the dressing room, they've got the lines, your lines and the other team's lines on the board. You see where your name is slotted. You have a pretty good idea what they're expecting from you. And in in Bakersfield, they'll be expecting him because he'll be on the first line. We need you to produce. We need you to. I mean, you can you can try to beat some guy one on one. You can take take the puck through the neutral zone. Maybe make an extra move. But here you're slotted on line four. That means you get the pucks out at the blue line. You get the pucks in at the red line. You forecheck and you're strong defensively. And he was. Eight minutes may not seem like a lot, but when you're playing your third game in three nights and flying all day. That your legs are tired, so you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you can make a mistake in a close game like it was. So the Oilers take it 2-1. Let's check some other NHL scores. The Rangers lead the Jets 5-2. The second period just ending. Four goals in the second period for the Rangers. Dallas leads Chicago 2-1 with four minutes left in the second period. If Dallas loses... 
the Oilers will be alone with the best record in the Western Conference. Right now, the Oilers are 9-3-1, and Chicago at 8-3-1. and they, they are in different uh, different divisions, so there's no direct race between the two teams. There yeah, might be. There, for playoff seating. Yeah, we'll, we'll worry about that. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. But uh, Dallas up 2-1 on Chicago. And don't forget, Dallas is coming to town on Friday to play the Oilers. Flames and Ducks later on. 23 games without a win in Anaheim for the Calgary Flames. The St. Louis Blues pound the Colorado Avalanche 5-1. And the New Jersey Devils with a hat trick from Mike Camilleri. His first three of the season, I believe. Yes, pick up a 4-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes, who are off to a rough start this season. Yeah, New Jersey's playing quite well too. They've got a a strong team this year. It's I know it's it's early in the season, but when you're a team here in Edmonton or a fan here in Edmonton, and there's been no playoffs for so long, you like looking at the standings every morning and seeing your team not only in the playoffs but on top of the conference. And that's what's going to make this game Tuesday in or in Pittsburgh so exciting. It's two of the best teams thus far in the season going head-to-head. The Edmonton Oil Kings will host Saskatoon Thursday at Rogers Place, 7 o'clock face-off. Don't forget the Canada-Russia series hits Rogers Place on Tuesday as it'll be Team WHL against the Russians' uh, Tyler Benson, an alternate captain on that team. He was drafted by the Oilers in the second round this past summer. Okay, let's uh, hear from today's winning goaltender. Jonas Gustafsson makes uh, his first start as an Edmonton Oiler, and he comes up strong with 22 saves. Especially in the third when we were in the other one goal lead, I think we, we kept it real simple, and we kept skating, and we made it really tough for them to, to create a lot of chances, so uh, we p- played a mature game in the third, and overall, a solid game. You've had a lot of success against Detroit, both before you played for them and since you played for them. Is it just coincidence? Uh... Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously they're they're a good team and they've been a good team for many many years. So uh, any game doesn't matter who you're playing; it's a new game, and uh, it's just uh, you know such a sh- small difference between you know stopping you know letting four goals in and one goal in. You know, it could be a deflection and all that. So I think uh, you know usually evens out, but so far so good against Detroit. Yeah. You know, it's the first start in a long time. Just a- Comfortable? Did you feel in there? You have to make some pretty big saves tonight. Uh, you know, I, I try not to think so much. Um, you know, obviously. Uh not having played, uh, I think, uh, like I said many, many times before, I just try to uh, put a lot of focus uh, on the practices, and uh, that way, at least you know you did everything you could to prepare yourself for the game, and that gives you the confidence because uh, then it's just go out and play. You know, uh, you're not going to worry what you could have done differently. So you just go out and play, and and uh, obviously you need uh, some support too. And, and like we talked about tonight, we played a solid game and a good team game, and that helped me too. This was seen as a tough task for you. I mean, the team leader in block shots was out and then a couple forwards go down but uh, were you impressed with the way the patchwork lines kind of came together and gave you a good effort in front of you? Yeah, I mean, especially playing back-to-back, uh, only 20, 20 hours or so between the games and uh, some young guys coming up and stepping up too big, so uh, it shows that we have a lot of depth and uh, a lot of good things uh, going for us right now, so uh, um, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I think we, we played really well, like I said, many, many times now, and especially playing back-to-back game, we, we didn't do too much we, we, we kept it simple and uh, uh, you know if you're trying too hard you're making errors and then you're going to have to work even harder in your, end, your own end and we didn't do that today Jonas Gustafsson faced 12 shots in the first period he only faced 11 the rest of the game including 4 in the third period as the Oilers were able to close out the Detroit Red Wings 2-1 alright we got to take a quick timeout. when we get back you'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, still some 
Time to get on on the open line, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Oilers beat the Wings 2-1. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score in Detroit, Oilers 2, Red Wings 1, Edmonton improving to 9-3-1 on the season, including 5-1-1 on the road. They will play at Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Rob, a few people texting in asking about injury updates. Uh, you know, in terms of some of the guys that were hurt earlier or hurt in the preseason, whether you're talking about Hendricks or Kajula or Pakarinen or Fain, I mean, they were all announced as being out for for weeks so I mean maybe by mid-November we might see some guys start start skating or maybe when they get back from the road trip certainly with the recent injuries uh, Chris Russell didn't sound serious though he didn't play this weekend uh, Cassian I think we'll see and and, and McClellan commented on Puglia Yarvi last night it doesn't appear to be doesn't appear to be serious so we'll be hopeful about that one well the, if it's a Charlie horse I mean it was going to be, if he couldn't play in the game on Saturday, he wasn't going to be able to play today because it, it, it tightens up overnight. And then he, he would have been limping pretty good this morning. And it just takes time. A lot of ice, a lot of stretching, and eventually it subsides, it loosens up. Uh, I would say, and, and this is not having seen him at all, uh, 50-50 for Tuesday probably for the for the weekend if it heals like it should. And, I mean, you also you don't want to rush a kid in. You don't want to put him in there unless he's 100%. The team's playing well. you got guys that have picked up the slack. I don't think we're at a position where you want to put someone in, you know, at 50 60 70% and risk further injury. So you want to make sure he's fully healthy because he was playing well. He was starting to really find his game. And I giggle every time I think of him because all every time he gets the puck, he shoots. It does not matter where he is on the ice. He's shooting. Some of those are going to start going in for him soon. All right, Pitlick gets his fourth tonight, Nugent Hopkins his second. That means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation coming from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. What they're going to do is give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. Nugent Hopkins with the winner. Here are his post-game remarks. Island, Detroit, two buildings you guys have not had success in for a lot of years. Just how nice is it and refreshing to walk away from here with a win? Yeah, it's definitely uh, nice. I mean, uh, we were battling hard there for a few games, not getting wins, but um, I still think we played some good hockey, and uh, we didn't uh, get down on ourselves. I mean, we uh, it wasn't the start we wanted in New York but um, against the Islanders, but we battled back hard in that game and got a big win, and tonight, I mean, it's tough to come into this building, especially on a back-to-back, so uh, definitely an impressive win for us. When you have a patchwork of, of lines because guys are going down the night before, do you simplify the game? What's the key to kind of just getting out of here and trying to be successful um for sure i think uh early especially i mean you just got to keep it simple and uh put pucks on that i mean uh, get a four check established right away and um sometimes you can be uh, a little slow going at the start of games when uh it's a back-to-back but i thought we did a pretty good job of uh coming out hard tonight and uh, not giving them too much, so uh, it was a good sign from us. What does it say about the team when you guys win the two games, the two game, two days, and walk away? Yeah, I mean, uh, two good teams that we played. I mean, two uh, good Eastern uh, Conference teams, and uh, uh, win by a goal in each game. I mean, it's uh, it's something that uh, we haven't done too much of in the past, and uh, to be able to start uh, turning those in our favor is going to be uh, huge. I mean, that's uh, what makes makes or break seasons. Ryan Nugent Hopkins got the winning goal, played just over 17 minutes, 
won seven of his 12 face-offs, though one of his greatest plays of the game may have been getting thrown out of the face-off <laughs> circle, Rob. Well, it got him a goal. It was the power play goal. There's only, I believe, 17 seconds to go in the period or 20 seconds to go in the period. And he was trying to tell his linemates where he wanted them after the face-off was won, and the linesman said he took too long, kicked him out, McDavid went in. As soon as McDavid went to take the face-off, that changed where they were both going to be standing post-face-off. So all of a sudden, Nugent Hopkins ended up being in a different spot. It was Johnny on the spot because McDavid found him, and McDavid sold the pass, or excuse me, sold shot the whole time. Howard bit, and when Nugent Hopkins had, all he had to do was hit the net. Because he's a skilled player, he decided to go bar down instead of putting it in the wide open net. But a huge goal for the team, huge goal for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who has seemed to found a little more of his offensive touch here in the last few games. All right, so, you know, two, two wins in a row. Uh, to, to end the three-game winless skid, uh, they are nine, three, and one. They all read the standings. Um, are, is, is there any challenge to uh, to keeping focused? I mean, handling prosperity as you keep rolling. Another t- tough test against the Penguins, you know, and then the Stars and the Rangers coming in. So, what do the Oilers have to do to keep composed this week? Well, I, I think a lot of the same things. I think what you've seen with this team, and we saw when there's adversity, they, they responded. And I think it's the leadership they have on the team now. And it's not just the guys with the, the season A's, but, I mean, they're a big part of it, but other players that are new to this organization, the Larsons, the Maroons, uh, I mean, Chris Russell when he's around, and then you throw in the Lucic, and then obviously Connor McDavid. I mean, they're guys that have seen success other places, and they don't want to go down that road that has happened here before. So I think they'll, they will keep this team grounded, and there's going to be rough patches. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins were a terrible team for half the year last year till they turned around with a new coach. So there's all the best teams have rough patches. It's how you respond from them. And the first little test that the others have had, they passed. Now they just got to continue playing the right way, and we saw that tonight. They played the right way, and it's something that we haven't said a lot about the Oilers in the past because a lot of nights they didn't play the right way. So Nugent Hopkins and Pitlick score. Pitlick's fourth of the season. He also had six shots on goal tonight in 15 minutes of work, so Pitlick continues to impress. Rob? Always a pleasure, buddy. They're playing your old team on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it. I, mean, they, they, I, I might be down. They might be retiring my sweater that night. I'm not sure. I haven't got the phone call <laughs> yeah, yet, but I, I will wait by the phone for the next two days. All right. That is our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. You can get more on the Oilers by going to the Oilers page on 630ched.com. More on the Eskimos as well. And we're already looking ahead to Sunday because we're going to have the Eskimos playoff game with coverage starting at 930. And then we'll have the Oilers and the Rangers in the evening. So that'll be a fun uh, not quite a back-to-back doubleheader on 6.30, Chad, but still a back-to-back. The Oilers' next game against the Pittsburgh Penguins will sign on at 3.30 with the face-off show, and the puck will drop at 5 as the Oilers close out their five-game road trip. They are 2-1-1 one, and one so far on it, thanks to today's 2-1 win over the Detroit Red Wings. They're 9-3-1 on the year. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. All have inside sports from 6 to 8, and then Morley Scott will have the Eskimo show from 8 tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Oilers win 2-1. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.